Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was now finding. I have to pee. Ah, oh, the baby's out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing we recorded that. That's yeah, right. yeah. All right, guys. So, uh, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. So, guys, we've been... Um... We've been exploring the world of poisons. Right. Okay, <laughs> maybe there's some episodes in between. Yeah, and again, I, the impetus of this is my fascination with elements being poisonous. Uh, but it's time to... Wait, is arsenic an element? Arsenic is an element. Holy so this, shit. this continues our discussion of when you have a single atom of something. Yeah. And having too much of that atom in your body can fucking kill you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so and, we, we continue. And this one, arsenic, the king of poisons. The king of poisons and the poison of kings. Woo! Very beautiful. Nice. Okay. That's like a game, uh, not Game of Thrones. Uh, Geralta Rivia. Witcher. Uh, Witcher. That's like a Witcher turn of phrase, I feel Ooh. like. I bet you Dandelion says that. Probably in the novel, because it's bad writing. He's probably like, <laughs> he's probably like, mm, the king of poisons and the poison of kings. <laughs> you know, like, just like whips out his dick and slaps yeah, it in the face. Yeah, well, you got to. <laughs> yeah. You got to when Dandelion does that. <laughs> oh, All right, so look. That's actually a Witcher technique is you coat your fat dong in, in arsenic. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Because yeah. what else are you going to use it for? You're sterile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, so look. Let's not waste any more time. Arsenic, popular poison. Yeah, let's get into it. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> we be freaking on me. We okay. your dick on me. So look, uh, King of Poisons, Poison of Kings. Arsenic has been used as a popular poison for killing the shit out of people since antiquity. Yeah, okay? that's because it's just kind of laying around, right? Well, it is very common. We'll get into that later. A little more historical context, my bad. It is very common, but also because relatively early on, they figured out a way to make a form of arsenic that's basically odorless and tasteless. Ah. Uh, Does arsenic in its normal elemental form have flavor or color or taste or anything like that? Well, it looks like a shiny metal in its elemental. Form. Right. So, so, you, so, you, so you're, you're, you're eating your pasta yeah. and you're like, what's that shiny <laughs> metal? Oh, my wife's trying yeah. to poison me. Exactly. You're like drinking a glass of wine. It's got glitter <laughs> in it. <laughs> so. Right. But but someone figured out how to d- dissolve it, I guess, or something. I mean, yeah, basically, it's, it's a way of heating it up. You need to tell this recipe to our audience. <laughs> it's a way of heating up metallic arsenic so that reacts with oxygen. So oh, it makes arsenic trioxide. Yeah. And arsenic trioxide is a whitish powder but as soon as you put it in a liquid or mix it in with Boom. food, it basically disappears. Right in there. And just just completely, there's no taste or any kind of issue with that. Damn. And so, it's been kind of in history and fiction for a long time, killing royalty, uh, killing family members, right. knocking people it's off. Right. called inheritance powder right. in, in France. Yes, exactly. In Those 17th century France. witty bastards. 
And, you know, it was really good for knocking off uh, pesky family members like it's a game of Crusader Kings, right? Nice. So. Should be an arsenic function. <laughs> I mean, basically. I, I mean, to there, there is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been poisoned several times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I lost a game after I, like, basically unified Britain, and then immediately four heirs were murdered, and then I lost. <laughs> like, I, like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that, that is a bummer. I had so many, like... It was like four monarchs in a row got murdered in fast succession, and suddenly yeah, no I one lost had the had game. Good, yeah. like, like it's hard to lose, lose yeah. Crusader King. I yeah. literally lost, yeah. and I was so. It actually felt very accurate. Yeah, in a weird yes. way, yeah. right? Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> dynasties end. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it happens. All right. Well, anyway, um, anyway. Yeah. So it had been used for the super long time, going all the way back. The Greeks and the Romans were just like often people with this shit. Yeah. Right? Very popular, but. As with many fun and good things, they all come to an end. Right. right? And in this case, it was ruined by an Englishman, right. John Marsh, uh, who developed a test for detecting arsenic right. in 1836. English people often are the ones ruining the good things, aren't absolutely, they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like uh, all of Europe during summer vacation, yeah, yeah. ruined by Englishmen. <laughs> that's such a, that's that's a good, a very specific <laughs> reference. Um, uh, <laughs> right, like our summer vacation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so those two punks. Yes. Like actual punks. I know. Fuck They're those guys. True English punks. Okay, okay. Well, um, but, uh, so, um, in, in 1836, yeah. so imagine that. Like, so For, much like of human history. Of years. Or wait, so millions. much of human history, all the way up until 1836, you could not detect arsenic. Really. Right. People right. just die. And then John Marsh figured out this test, and then now all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, everyone in my family's been trying to kill me. Yeah. Like, I just although, that out. although it doesn't fully ruin arsenic, because, like, you still have to think to test right you gotta test for it you gotta test for it probably best for detectives right but it started uh declining losing popularity pretty quickly after right okay and so arsenic does have some uses besides intentionally poisoning people arsenic was used in the 1800s as makeup or in makeup as a whitening powder it was also used in some quote-unquote medicine right in the 1700s another englishman this time by the name of thomas fowler made a potion of basically one percent potassium arsenite which he marketed as a cure-all. Right, and it was like 99% lead. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, don't know some what the, junk I, I don't know what the 99 other percent Some were, other junk But shit. it was 1% potassium arsenite, and that was like the selling point. He was like, this has got some sexy just arsenite like, in it. Just like the perfect amount. But it's good for you. And so people were chugging this stuff for things like malaria, syphilis. Um, and also because it gave them rosy cheeks. So right, for some women, they were like drinking this. They looked beautiful by their Byronic standards. Right. And they were like, this is a sign of good health that I have rosy cheeks. But. It was because of burst capillaries right, induced it's by because of arsenic. arsenic. <laughs> like literally <laughs> right. like killing the cells in their blood vessels. Wow. And so that was making them have Anything like. Anything for kinda, beauty, huh? Yeah. So we'll get into more descriptions of what arsenic does on like a mechanistic level later. Right, but at least this solution, Fowler's solution, really fucked you up. Yeah, it caused liver cirrhosis, bladder cancer, a number of skin cancers. Right, you're just putting, I'm, oh, that's interesting. Well, what about the whitening powder? Did that cause skin cancer? So the whitening powder, probably if applied very carefully, right, may not have had that many negative impacts on the person. Right. This is not like dimethyl mercury or something. Arsenic doesn't just like go straight through your skin. Especially in the form that it is for the whitening powder. Okay. But what was probably a problem is that when you're putting on a whitening powder like that, you're probably inhaling it. Right. And that's not good for you. Right. The arsenic can get into your body that way. So, that said, yeah, Fowler's solution, solution may have helped with some things. Right. Okay? It did successfully kill other stuff. 
like right. parasites and malaria and syphilis. It was poisonous, right. and therefore, if you had parasites, parasites could also be poisoned by it and right. die. It's almost like an earlier um, chemotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very prescient, Nathan. The, one of the uses of arsenic now is as a chemotherapy. Um, it's not prescient. No, oh, it's you a, read the notes you sent no, no, Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget. <laughs> I couldn't remember why I was giving you sass. I had, like, a plan, but I, I, I lost the thread. All right, well, that's good. Okay, anyway, well, anyways, but, so it's like an early chemotherapy. So, so it might have actually helped, maybe. It yeah. maybe helped treat malaria and syphilis, but its toxicity was just higher than people knew. And, you know, whether that's worth it or not, I'm not entirely sure. Right. By the time you develop bladder cancer or skin cancer right. in the 17 and 1800s, you might have already you got some been problems, mostly dead probably, for yeah. something else. You know what I mean? All so. right. But by the 1800s, you're starting to realize that arsenic is probably just bad for you. Yeah, so we, we knew that we knew that arsenic was a very effective poison for right, a very right. long time, right? But it was starting to be appreciated that arsenic, even in a different form, the form that's used in Fowler solution, which is called inorganic arsenic, yeah. is quite toxic, even when it's diluted down to like 1%, right? So chemists were thinking, okay, what if we can modify arsenic so it still has killing power against parasites and the syphilis bacterium and everything like that, but could be not harmful to people. All right. So, we got a Frenchman. Yeah. Pierre-Jacques-Antoine Bichon. Okay. Who synthesized an organic arsenic compound called arsenilic acid. All right. And arsenilic acid was used to pretty solid success in livestock to treat infection with trypanosomes, which is a kind of parasite. All right. Humans also get... Infected with trypanosomes, it's just, it's it's basically in Africa. It's called sleeping sickness. Okay. You get it from the bite of a tsetse fly who transfers the trypanosomes into you. So did we just, like, blanket Africa with this stuff then? Kind of. I mean, basically, this was coming out of time in the Colon late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. Imperialism. Europeans wanted to do all kinds of fucked up shit in Africa, right? Right. And so they were like, oh, this arsenic acid may really help us do that. So people started getting treated with the stuff in pretty high doses. They started doing basically early clinical trials. Um, and so Robert Koch, a famous bacteriologist and doctor, was actually performing one of those clinical trials using this drug to treat sleeping sickness in a German East African colony. Right. He but, found... Uh-oh. Yeah. 2% uh -oh. of the patients developed blindness from the arsenic killing their optic nerve. Right. So after that, people were like, okay, well, maybe this is fine for livestock, but like, let's not give it to people quite right. so much. Right. Cows anymore. can be blind. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Why not? But, like, also, you know, depending on the dose and how long you're giving it for, sometimes some of these toxicities take time to build up, right? Okay. So, like, it's safe to eat meat from uh -huh. livestock that have been given well, so, arsenic? So this was a very interesting question. Um, basically, the arsenic that we were giving them was organic arsenic. Right. Which, even though it can be toxic in people if you give people a really high dose, yeah. it is less toxic how than you, how inorganic you make it organic? You're, like, throwing it on a carbon molecule or something yes exactly right. oh nathan you're so smart oh look, look at how good you are look at how much i'm trying these days well, once we <laughs> <laughs> once it's bonded to carbon atoms that's when we call it an organic compound right and it's thought that being bound to the carbon atoms maybe stabilizes it in some way so it's not quite as reactive it's not floating around right by itself quite so willy-nilly so it can't, it can't slip into quite so many places right what we've found, actually, is that when you give organic arsenic to animals, right. in their bodies, they will turn some of it into inorganic arsenic. Oh, okay. And then if you eat that meat, 
you might get a very, very small dose of inorganic arsenic. Now, there has never been any clear case of poisoning, arsenic poisoning, from livestock treated with arsenic acid. Still, it's spooky. So we don't do it anymore. Right. So basically, up until 2013, we did do this. We did treat them with that. But then after that study came out, Basically, the company that made arsenic acid voluntarily pulled it off the market. Oh, okay. It wasn't the the FDA was kind of split on whether or not this warranted actually changing anything. Sure. Because the like, company was like, we don't. Yeah. They're need like to be the arsenic yes. company. They're, they're like, if at any point this does cause a problem, we don't need that shitty PR. Yeah. So they just cut out making it. So right. so we don't do that anymore. Um, some chemists wanted to continue tweaking this molecule to try to make it even less toxic. Man, right? people just fucking love arsenic. They're just like always trying to find ways to use arsenic. They thought that it was going to be sort of like a silver bullet kind of thing, like a magic bullet that was going to be able to like cure a lot of stuff mm. because it could cause toxicity, right? But there ain't no magic bullets. Not in this life. Yeah, not really. Penicillin for a while seemed like a pretty sweet option, but, but then, then we got resistance built up. Yeah. Right? So Paul Ehrlich actually made a bunch of arsenic organic compounds starting with that arsenic acid as the beginning compound, right? So he made a bunch of variants of that. And he eventually found one called Salversan that actually did not work at all on trypanosome. So it completely failed in its original purpose. But but what it did work on was syphilis. Okay. And we actually talked about Salversan and Ehrlich in our episode on antibiotics because Salversan was kind of thought of as the first antibiotic. Right. But it, it hurt. Yeah, it was early and effective, but it was like a shot in the butt with a bunch of other stuff to keep the salversan soluble, and it hurt to get that injected in your butt. And so, as a treatment for syphilis, it was like, hey, sometimes you got syphilis, you need to get treated one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like super popular. Once penicillin came around in the 1940s, it completely replaced salversan. Well, how about now? Like, we're uh, contemporaneously to this, uh, let me rephrase that. Do we still use arsenic for things? Yes, but let's take a break, and when we get back, let's talk about that. Hi guys, my name is Donatello Iglesias. If you're like me, you have glands. Stinky glands that smell so strongly of raw onions and whale meat that no one is willing to listen to your brilliant ideas. But you're chock full of them. If only you could overcome your corpse-like odor, you could change the world. Well, luckily for you, there's musk. A new cologne line harvested directly from Elon Musk's own glands. Research has shown that his natural odor connotes so strongly with success and brilliance that it can overcome nearly any display of utter narcissism and egomania. Smell like musk, and investors will support you even as your self-driving cars kill people. Get a whiff of musk, and wafer singers will bang you, even as you name your children Total Martian Garbage. Do you want to smell like genius, wealth, and a wet rat? Get some musk cologne today. All right, so arsenic, we just don't use that for anything anymore because that shit's crazy, right? Well, arsenic has been used in pesticides and different kinds of paint for certain wood treatments right? for a while. So like decks outside of houses have sometimes been, had arsenic paint on them. Mm. But a lot of that stuff has been getting banned or phased out over the last couple of decades. Okay. Just because we're starting to feel like, well, maybe it's best if we just don't have any arsenic anywhere. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Um, arsenic does get used in a lot of semiconductor stuff. Arsenic has good properties in terms of shuttling electrons around, so it gets used in a lot of electronics. Okay, so, so That's pretty cool. There are a lot of alloys in electronics that arsenic is getting used for. And arsenic still has one situation where it's used medically, although it's very specific in its application. 
arsenic trioxide is injected for the treatment of acute promyelocytic leukemia. Okay, which there is we a go. very specific kind of blood cancer. So it's it's not even just leukemia. Right. Leukemia is already a specific kind of cancer, but within leukemia, there's a very specific one called acute promyelocytic leukemia. Just for whatever reason, arsenic trioxide is good for this one thing. Yeah, for whatever reason, arsenic trioxide kills those specific cancer cells much faster than it kills any of our other cells. Hmm. And so it's worth the toxicity. Hmm. For pretty much every other kind of cancer, Not worth it. it doesn't kill that cancer selectively enough, so you're just poisoning yourself with arsenic. Right, sure. And so, and, and, and even for other blood cancers. So, so truly, it's down to just one application but it is almost mysteriously good for that application. So well, we do cool. still use it. Well, how are we getting any of this arsenic? Right. That's a good question because right. we have been cutting out a lot of the arsenic for right. modern use. Right? It's not like lead where we had, you know, fucking leaded gasoline. We had, you know, right. lead paint still on houses. We didn't have a social society-wide fuck up on it. Right. Not as much. The main source of arsenic nowadays is from groundwater that people are using for drinking, like right. from wells and stuff like that. All right. Instead of from surface water like rivers or even reservoirs. Yeah. Well, luckily, I mean, you know, we live in America. No one digs wells no more. Right. Oh my God, what so, are you so, you know, no problem. Like Montana is nothing but wells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a lot of wells in the U.S. But in any case, that, I mean, the, the main point is that. The issue with arsenic mm. is that it's like all over the crust. Oh, okay. And it's wow. not even, it's not like humanity's fault per se. Right. Like it's certainly. The crust has arsenic. Yeah. In it. Certainly since humans have been around, there's more arsenic on the surface of the earth. But for pretty much all of earth's history, there's been a lot of arsenic around. It's a pretty common element. Hmm. It's also a pretty common element in like everything we mine out of the earth. Right. Uh, it's a common element that gets tossed around during any volcanic eruption. So is this like another thing that could kill miners is like breathing in arsenic? Yes, but usually arsenic in things that we mine is trapped up in the actual mineral. Ah, okay. Uh, so it, it's less likely to be an issue for that part of okay. the extraction process. Mm. So the main idea here is that there are arsenic mineral deposits all over the world. And if you are unlucky where you put a well down right. and are tapping into an aquifer or some source of groundwater that has high arsenic concentrations. Now you have high arsenic concentrations in you. And you were just slurping it down, yes. Right. So what's the unluckiest country in the world? Right, Bangladesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just straight up, right? It's, it's not even just about arsenic, right? It's, Bangladesh is always It's going to be underwater like 20 years. <laughs> so Bangladesh, they were drinking from surface water sources like rivers. Uh, but that was no good for them, okay? Right. Because those rivers were very contaminated and yeah. not safe to drink from. Yeah, right? people keep pooping in the Ganges. Yeah. And getting cholera and shit. People were getting, yes, they were sick from cholera okay. and all kinds of diseases that were causing them diarrhea. A lot of people were dying. Okay, well, who do we like in the United Nations? NGOs. NGOs. So some NGOs came in and, and like the World Bank came in, the IMF, and they're like, listen, we're going to give you some money yeah. to build these certain kinds of wells so that you can stop using the river water and that should help you guys with your health problems. Nice right? try, guys. Well, so here's the thing. When they built those wells... As adoption rose in Bangladesh, because th there were some tradition stuff that were like, oh, groundwater is unclean versus surface water and stuff mm. like that. So it took a little while for it to get adopted. But as it did, certain elements of health did get better. Right. They're like, oh, wow, we're getting way less sick. People are getting way less poopy butthole. Okay? Yeah. And that's great. Except. Except Bangladesh is sitting on just like an incredible amount of arsenic underground. <laughs> 
And, like, the entire country is, like, nothing but, like, arsenic-ridden soil. So, anywhere you were putting a well down, that well was pulling out high arsenic water. Oh, boy. And it was not enough for people to get acutely poisoned, so they couldn't tell right away. But it was definitely enough for chronic poisoning to sink in. So, over time, you started to see more and more signs of people getting sick from arsenic poisoning as they were getting less sick from things like cholera. That's hilarious. Yes. So what? Uh, I'm very so, dark with yeah. I guess. So what's the deal now? Uh, now basically they're doing a lot of work. Now to they try that, to... now they got to bring in the gorillas to kill the snakes, right? <laughs> they have to clean up the surface water. They're like, yeah. all right, well we got to drink surface water because the, the groundwater's too arsenic filled. Wow, dude. So now we got to try to do a lot of work to they purify the surface water. They should have listened to their Hindu elders the whole time. Well, yeah, I mean, just don't poop in your water supply. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's okay. good too. Yes. Okay. Another source of arsenic poisoning, albeit not really a thing in the U.S., is the drying of feuds with high arsenic coal. Right. Coal's got arsenic in it. Yeah. Like like we said, pretty much anything you're mining out of the ground has arsenic in it. Some coal from some places has higher arsenic than others. For example, if I were mining coal in Bangladesh, it would have a shitload of arsenic in it. Right. Because everything in Bangladesh has a shitload of arsenic in it. Yeah. But the thing is that when you have coal and you're burning it in like a coal power plant... The power plant is using this kind of, like, big furnace to be burning it. Right. And, like, the way that the fumes and the way that the sort of, like, dust and everything from that happens in a power plant, that dust usually settles down. Right. And that's the dust that has arsenic in it. It's sort of like the leftover coal dust at the bottom of the furnace. Okay. But let's say we're in East Asia. We want to eat some samgyeopsal at home. Right. And so in situations where, like, you know, maybe you're in Korea and you're in China or something like that, and you're burning coals at home to maybe dry some meat or something, right. you have a much higher chance of dust that's arsenic contaminated coming up and contaminating that food. Jeez. Okay, and then you eat it later and you get a dose of arsenic, okay? But realistically, you'll notice that like, so uh, I will say, in the US, I would say the main form of chronic arsenic poisoning is probably from people drinking well water Correct. in parts of the US where well water is like the main thing that they're drinking. How common is in the US still? Uh, it depends on the state. Yeah. Some states, well water is extremely common. I, I didn't, well, arsenic poisoning. How common is arsenic poisoning in America? Oh, not that common. Right. Not that common. It's much more common in other parts of the world. Sure. Uh, so arsenic poisoning is one that we're, we've got a pretty good handle on. Right. I think at the U.S. Yeah, so let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about mechanistically, how is arsenic doing its thing to fuck us up? Like, right, what cool. does it look like when you're poisoned? And how is that actually happening? Okay, cool. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Okay, so like other poisoning situations, it can be chronic or acute. Right, and you know, with acute arsenic poisoning, that doesn't really happen anymore. Acute arsenic poisoning is... Was, was poisoning yeah. someone with arsenic. Yeah, your brother's trying to kill you Whoa, because... calm down. Nathan's trying to kill me no, because he knows I'm getting the full inheritance. You're the one who brought it up. <laughs> 
Uh, so my mom and dad were pretty dead set on not having an inheritance. I know they're they're like you can't take it with you. Yeah, they're like you could leave it to us, but no. <laughs> um. So yeah, look, acute arsenic poisoning doesn't really happen anymore. But back when it did happen, typically you die from your heart collapsing due to hypovolemic shock, which basically means there's not enough blood volume and your heart doesn't have enough liquid flowing through it to actually pump anything. Okay. I'm looking forward to knowing why that happens. <laughs> uh, so before that happens, you'd have a lot of stomach cramps and you'd be in a lot of pain. Yeah. But then basically your heart would just like not be able to pump anything. Right. Anymore. And you go, yes. keel over. So... A lot of that is happening because you're having a lot of structural damage in a lot of organs. Yeah. That's making it so that the blood is kind of leaking out of your blood vessels. Oh, and there's gross. not really enough in your blood vessels to get back to your heart. Boner, dude. Yeah. Not fun. Not right. fun. So, okay. in chronic arsenic right. poisoning... This is, the chronic is more what we're dealing with these days. Right. Typically, what will eventually happen is you'll start developing skin lesions, right? Like these kind of little areas where your skin's sort of right. fucked up. And peripheral neuropathy. What that means is you'll start having numbness and shit in your arms and legs, your hands and feet. Your nerves are dying. Your nerves are literally dying at the junction between your sort of nervous system and your muscles. So you can't feel things properly anymore. And eventually you can't really move them around anymore either. So you start to lose the ability to like walk and to use your hands and everything. The children, Sean. What's happening to the children? Sure. So... Unlike in adults, which have this numbness shit and these skin lesions, with kids, you see maybe some developmental issues, like maybe a little bit, especially if the dose is high enough. Right. Okay? But what we've seen is that chronic... If you just, like, dump arsenic on a kid, they just stop developing. Yes. I mean, they'd probably just straight up die. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. But... Over. With low-level chronic arsenic exposure, like, if you're just getting a little bit of arsenic over time... In adults, that accumulates, and then you start having this chronic poisoning. But in kids, it's thought that maybe they have some kind of better clearance of that arsenic. Oh, interesting. Like they're converting it into organic arsenic instead of the inorganic form. So if you got to kill a kid, you should just do something besides arsenic. (laughs) We need to not give advice. I mean, if you have to. (laughs) (laughs) Like the kid's the devil or something. I, I agree that there are better poisons. God, it feels so wrong to say that. (laughs) <laughs> just let the sentence trail then yeah. don't incriminate yourself I feel like there's better poisons <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it's thought that kids maybe have this better ability to methylate the arsenic make it less toxic and easier to clear out so you when throw a methyl group onto arsenic and that makes it an organic arsenic uh, oh okay I see now that said they probably have a lower dose required to turn into an acute poisoning right because they're smaller Q so, Japan Yes, there was an incident in Japan in 1955 where a lot of babies were getting very sick and dying, Mm. okay? And it was because they were drinking powdered milk that was accidentally spiked with arsenic. Yeah. And this was an accident. Yeah. (laughs) What happened was they were using a certain kind of powder, a certain kind of potassium powder to be able to stabilize the powdered milk and everything like that. What they didn't know is when they switched from one supplier to another that the second supplier that potassium source was not supposed to be used for human consumption. Oh, wow. It was supposed to be for, like, making chemistry shit. And so it still had arsenic impurities in it. Bummer. And so those arsenic impurities were going in. Normally for adults, it would cause chronic poisoning. But these are, like, literally fucking babies. Wow. And they were drinking poisoned milk. And they got severely sick. Damn, had nervous dude. system issues. And in some cases died. That's why I don't use powdered milk. I use milkis. 
<laughs> you know? Like, I don't... Why use powdered milk when there is an abundant source of men milk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just right in front of you, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> great, great, great. We were just talking about dead babies and we're laughing. Now. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Um, by and large. What do you think I'm ever laughing at? It's like I'm watching a stand-up Gosh, routine. I'm not actually thinking about what wanna, the stand-up says. I'm just thinking this. about dead babies. I don't want to do this. Fields, <laughs> no, just nobody, fields of them. Nobody needs to hop into your mind, okay? It's like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in that movie The Cell yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah, nobody yeah, needs yeah. to go into no that No one mind. needs to go into Vincent D'Onofrio's mind. Or yours. I mean, like, I think I joked about this in the pod, but my mind is mostly just the Johnny Depp salvage ad. It's just like on repeat. You think you're having a conversation with me. I'm just imagining this Johnny Depp. like Dimp. a wolf all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. He's playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by and large... That's the group that they're fucking here. Yeah, sulfhydryl groups are basically certain amino acids have a sulfur on them. Right. And the sulfur can kind of form a specific bond called a disulfide bond. And that helps staple proteins together in a kind of cool, nice structural way. Arsenic gets in there. Yeah, arsenic can get in, break up those disulfide bonds, and it can really mess up the structure of those proteins. As we mentioned in previous episodes, metals can also be very reactive and can create a lot of reactive groups. Yeah. Like a lot of oxides, reactive oxygen right. species. Arsenic is the same. It can do that. But even more disturbing, arsenic can fuck with your very body's energy. Exactly, yeah. It can bind and fuck up a lot of mitochondrial proteins. And mitochondria are the are the powerhouses of the cell or whatever yeah, the fuck that little, is. Yeah, they're a little organelle that probably came from Mars or something, right? That yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Bacteria. But yeah, same idea. Well, Martian bacteria. Sure, sure. And in yeah. any case, they're the places where you're making the ATP, like right? from an alien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like fucking with the electron transport chain which yeah. we all learned about in high school biology that's, important. that's like a chain that transports electrons right good job very important yes yeah. and it makes it so that the cells can't produce as much atp which is disastrous for high energy cells like neurons yeah okay so that's why you can see a lot of neurotoxic effects and sperm that really needs to like wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sperm do need to wiggle, 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 wiggle. But yeah. they don't really have very many mitochondria in their small head, yeah. right? So they 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 store up all that ATP ahead of time. That's just Stacy just cut me saying sperm. It's it's a fun idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them wiggling. All right. So wow. So arsenic uh, messing up the body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. so so last episode we talked about lead, right? Lead's a big problem now. Right. Right. Arsenic was is a not... big problem for kings. Yes. Then. Yes, and and is a big problem in several parts of the world, but not yeah. so much the U.S. There's a lot of normal things in the U.S. that are problems in Bangladesh. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, like you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I think that's not controversial for you to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so look, let's thank Stacy Song, our soundboard and engineer. Thank you. Thank you, Brian and Griffin, for art. Ooh yeah. Okay. Look. PetriDishPod at gmail.com. Yeah. At Dish Podcast on Twitter and Patreon.com slash PetriDish. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, when we come back... Yeah. We'll, we, we'll, we'll eventually revisit poisons, let me yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we revisit them, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to talk about the non-metallic yeah, poisons. Yeah, maybe you haven't found the poison you need to kill someone yet. Yeah, well, if you haven't, we're going to have a full... on. It's going to be like a list. Yeah, we're yeah, We're going to yeah. just, like, fucking blow through... We're going to... Like, five poisons. That's, that's a Petri dish guarantee. You will find the poison of your choice. We're giving you a grab bag, okay? And so that's going to be in a future episode where we talk about the non-metallic poisons, things like cyanide and strychnine, things like that. Poison bag. Yeah, it's coming. Hey, right, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Just
Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do